Enlightened podcast. I am Michelle from Michelle Price Lightworker and I am on my own at the moment but I'm hoping that Beck may be able to join me in a second. She just had an uh, unexpected phone call come up so I thought I'd just jump in, get started and hopefully Beck will be able to join us very, very soon. Uh, welcome to the podcast. We are um, going to be talking about a particular theme today as we always do and I'll outline that in a second. Um, but just wanted to say as well that Beck is uh, going to draw a card when she drops into the chat. And um, so I've got that sort of lined up for her to do today because I did the last one the last week. So um, we will see what comes out, but it always seems to be very, very relevant. Um, first up today, I'd like to outline the theme. Um, so this is one of Beck's ideas. So I'll do my best to kind of outline, I guess, what her intention was with this one. Um, but it was weather happenings and our energy. So it's a lot of words. It does sound a little bit complicated, but basically what uh, Beck's intention was um, to communicate was she's in, you know, Canberra, I'm in Queensland, and we often notice that during various times of the year, I'm pretty relaxed with my tank tops and, you know, short sleeve shirts on, and um, she's often very much rugged up. They haven't had a warm day yet. So I guess, you know, what that sort of means for moods and how you feel, um, going to work, getting up in the morning, all of those sorts of things. So we're going to go through all of that uh, in today's episode. And as I said, hopefully Beck will be able to join me very, very soon. Um, but in terms of my week, because uh, we like to catch up on what we've been getting up to and stuff like that, it's been an interesting one for me. Um, a little bit of a, I don't know, it's funny, you can't judge a book by the cover. And I think that that's what I've really learned this week is um, last time we were chatting, and so this is last episode, I was talking about this reading I'd done for a guy who uh, really put me to the test. He sort of walked in and said, you know, I know someone who knows you, you've actually met me before, and I didn't remember him. And so I was straight away thinking about it, you know, who is it? And then trying to do a reading after, you know, getting into your head a little bit is never a good thing. So um, it was quite surprising, though, because, you know, during the whole thing, you didn't give me much confirmation, if any, um, and it just took a really long time to get anything out, you know, any sort of confirmation if I did get any. Um, and then he grabbed my notes at the end and told me that half had made sense and half didn't. So after that, you know, I have to admit I was feeling pretty deflated um, and I figured I wouldn't really see him again. I was sort of thinking there's no way. Um, but all of a sudden I've had people actually asking to make bookings with me because that same guy is recommending me to other people. I couldn't believe it. Apparently, he speaks very highly of me. So I don't know what that was. I don't know what happened. I must have said some things that hit home and he didn't kind of indicate that so much. Um, so I am pretty bamboozled about all this, but it just goes to show we have to be careful about making assumptions and judgments about people because I really did. And I do try to tell people, don't do that. You know, you can never judge a book by its cover and all of those things. But um, I definitely was doing that. I've got to be honest. Um, I really didn't think it went well at all. So to have people sort of making bookings with me now, based on his experience with me, was pretty surprising to say the least. I'm sure that uh, those of you who are listening to this episode probably have similar experiences. And we may even do an episode, having said that, we may even do an episode on, um, you know, judgment because I do speak pretty often about, um, you know, not judging. And when I do sort of feel like I'm going to judge someone for the way they're um, looking or their outfit that day or something like that, I do really try to pull myself up. So I feel like that might actually be a really good episode. And I've just uh, made a note of that. 
So anyway, while we wait for Beck to come in uh, and we can catch up on, I guess, what she's been up to when she does jump in. Um, but just to kick off the theme for today, uh, I guess I just wanted to sort of compare areas that we live in. I mean, I haven't lived all around Australia. I have visited some other states and territories. Um, but in Australia, and I guess in Queensland in particular, uh, we are pretty spoiled with more mild temps, um, weather changes, um, you know, and less weather changes, I guess, some people who live in other states and other countries. So generally in Queensland, if you haven't been here or don't live here, our winters aren't really a winter. Um, we're mostly wearing cardigans around during the day, uh, maybe something a bit thicker at night time. But this past winter actually did feel a lot colder to me and I may be a bit of a wuss, um, but I did find myself wearing a puffer jacket, which I generally haven't done. So I know it did get down to three or four degrees um, at times. I know that for sure because I was checking the um, Bureau's temperature guide. Um, but recently I was um, looking at the um, a reading for a guy rather who moved over from New Zealand during winter. So I moved to Australia from New Zealand and it was winter time. And he was telling me that he didn't even put a jacket on because I was saying how cold it was over winter. And he was like, no, it really wasn't, Michelle. You know, I didn't even have to put a jumper on. So I guess it's what you're accustomed to. And I was sort of saying to him, you know, jokingly, I was like, oh, just wait till you acclimatize. Just wait. You know, you'll be wearing jumpers. Um, but he has been here for a few months now, um, you know. But for him, um, this is a perfect temperature and a lot warmer than where he came from too. Um, and you do find probably that a lot of people move because of, um, you know, their asthmas um, or, you know, they've got arthritis and it's a little bit cold for them in other um, states and things like that. So sometimes it is, I guess, a health condition um, and everyone would have heard, I think it was in Melbourne, um, they had that um, asthma, winter asthma, asthma storm or something like that. I think when they had um perfect combination of uh, electrical storms and uh, people with asthma, and it was actually triggering asthma attacks. Um, so that's really amazing. I actually hadn't heard of that until it actually happened. I was like, what is this thing? So the weather can actually cause, you know, um, serious conditions and even uh, death. But um, in terms of moving to, I guess, to place it is the right climate for you, um, you know, that is going to be better emotionally, potentially for you um, and financially um, as well. But um, asthma storms, I think it was asthma storms. Is that what it was called? Um, Asthma storm, I think it was something different to that. Thunderstorm asthma or something like that. Yeah. Um, I remember it caused a lot of um, deaths in Melbourne. So I guess you have to weigh that up. You know, is it to do with, um, you know, the asthma? Is it the arthritis? You know, what's ideal for you um, in terms of the climate and your emotional state? You know, um, hay fever even. I was joking about had a, a beautiful sunflower picture of sunflowers up this morning and because uh, my parents bought me some sunflowers. But we've got a backyard full of uh, magnolias, jasmine is a big trigger for asthma, you know, hay fever, and um, lavender and rosemary. So, and basil and a bunch of different things. So very strong smelling things. And um, for people who have allergies and hay fever, that's uh, not a great thing for them to be exposed to. So I was cracking a joke about if you do have hay fever, probably don't want to come to my house during spring. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, so people who do travel the world, and I know some people who do this, um, they obviously have more money than I do, but um, some people travel the world, you know, enjoy all the summits they can. And I can't say I blame them, you know, even if you've got a little caravan and uh, obviously there's, you know, the Northern Territory sort of stays warm most of the year. 
I think most in Australia is worn most of the year as well. So I know some people sort of jump in their little caravans because most people, um, well, more people are getting caravans now and doing a bit of domestic travel and um, trying to go to those places that sort of are warmer, you know, year round, as opposed to Tasmania. I mean, Tasmania, I went to Tassie in October, not this year, but the previous year, and it was absolutely freezing and it was snowing in spring uh, and I couldn't believe it. I really thought it would be more kind of like our temperature because uh, that's kind of what New Zealand's like. But, um, yeah, it was unbelievably cold. Couldn't get over it. Um, so I have been to the Northern Territory. I did find that really hot um, and just uncomfortable. And I'm not a big fan of the air conditioning. And I was trying to imagine myself, and I really couldn't, but I was trying to imagine myself, you know, trying to live there. And, you know, when I did visit, it was like you'd stay indoors um, with the air conditioning full blast and the whole house, all the doors and windows are shut. And then if you had to go anywhere, you would have to open the door, race to the car, sit in the car, turn the aircon on, wait for the aircon to kick in, and then drive wherever you're driving and then go to the next air conditioning place. I mean, I don't know what the electricity bills are up there, but um, they must be insane. And it was just aircon city. And we really didn't spend much time outdoors because I was nearly fainting because it was just so unbelievably hot for me. And it didn't have that same, I guess, level of, you know, humidity that we have here. And I did feel like I was sort of burning my esophagus, even breathing the air in. So again, I guess people who live there are acclimatized and they get used to it. But I was only there for like a few days and um, it was just not pleasant. It wasn't fun. And it's probably not a place that I would go back to. And certainly I would never live there. That is for sure. So, and nothing against Northern Territory because it is a beautiful place and, you know, lots of wonderful things. And I did go to the jail there because I love going to jails wherever I visit. Um, but yeah, just not the right place for me. And I think um, I would take a long, long time to, you know, acclimatize to that. Um, the other places that, you know, I find SA and the ACT, on the other hand, um, for me, you know, I just found really, really cool uh, and cold. And I was doing a skating competition actually in South Australia when I went down there, a speed skating comp, and we were skating on sleet. It's very slippery and very cold. And so we, all we had was our like lycra on. We didn't have, um, you know, anything really to prepare for that sort of level of cold. And so we were all freezing, you know, imagine trying to, you know, warm up at the start line and, you know, wait for your race to begin. And there's no warming up. I mean, we're outdoors. We were skating outdoors. We did have an indoor event too. But, um, yeah, it was just insane. I've never forgotten that. I've never been back. <laughs> I've never been back. Um, the ACT as well, I went down there to go to the snow. So I was expecting that to be cold. So it was a bit better prepared. But when you're trying to do sporting events, you know, I think that that's, um, that's really tricky. I mean, we even went to Toowoomba um, to visit friends of ours and their girls play soccer and obviously they lived there for many, many years and so they were totally acclimatised and um, we went down to watch them play soccer and my husband and I were like rugged up to the nines like we had every layer of everything on and there's all the kids running around in their T-shirts and shorts playing soccer outdoors. I couldn't believe it. Um, but, you know, again, I said I may be a bit of a wuss um, but I do find Queensland is much more moderate in terms of temperature changes. Um, in New South Wales and Victoria, I think the biggest thing I noticed there, because I've been to both of those locations as well, is the weather changes so rapidly. And so, and this was probably Tassie as well for um, Hubby and I, we had to pack every option we, we had. Um, we've got, you know, sort of medium to light jackets. We've got really heavy jackets, you know, your puffer jackets and things like that. And um, so we basically had to hunt around for all options. And, um, you know, that was super interesting to have to try to cover all those bases and um, Bex just messaged me, so I'm just trying to invite her while I'm uh, talking to you guys. 
Um, so yeah, we went to uh, New South Wales and Victoria as well. And yeah, you're, you're packing the car full of stuff. I mean, you couldn't really walk from home um, because you're either too hot, too cold, or too wet. Because um, it's either raining or snowing. You know, uh, Tassie was um, you know snowing in spring, as I said before. So, you know, sometimes it's almost like Goldilocks and the three bears, I guess, you know, finding the porridge that's um, the right temperature for you. Um, and I was thinking of that analogy this morning. I think it's really appropriate. You know, it's either too hot, too cold, or um, I don't know what the other option was, just right. Um, so, you know, I would love to visit Europe one day, um, but I think it would only ever be a visit. You know, for me, I don't think I could ever live in a place like that. Um, I think the idea of living in the UK, for example, means staying indoors a lot. Um, houses need to be weather resistant, which means, you know, very airtight. So again, very similar to Northern Territory, but kind of the opposite um, in terms of a lot colder. Um, but I love the freedom of being able to get out and walk the dog year round, you know, even in winter um, and being able to have the windows open for much of the year to let the air, uh, fresh air in. I feel like this is so much better, you know, for the mindset and, um, you know, offsets depression, which I know a lot of people in the southern states really suffered from during COVID and lockdowns when people had to stay indoors. I had no option, you know, but to stay indoors. And, you know, sometimes we have to kind of travel to other states and countries to experience extreme weather. Um, so we appreciate what we have here. And Beck has just joined us. Hello, Beck. Hello, everyone. Thank you for your patience. Oh, busy different. morning. It is. It is different. Look. Yeah. Wow. It's a little bit lighter. Yes. <laughs> a little bit lighter. Beautiful. Um, so, Beck, I have just flagged that you were going to do a card draw. Um, so, I'm doing the congratulations. Card draw. Um, hopefully, <laughs> do you have any cards, Hunter? Do you want me to grab some? I've got some cards. Really? I've got some so cards. You don't have to do it straight away, but if you just have them there, sort of ready to go, I was just flagging that you were going to do um, the draw this week. Um, but Beck, based on what I was just talking about, did you have anything you wanted to sort of um, add here? Um, look, I just wanted to say, because I know last week when we were talking, um, it was, this this topic was sort of brought to light for us. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, my, my go-to for that was with the weather and, and the way it affects us and, and what have you was, because we had had a week, like, a week I mean weeks of rain we've had lots mm. of rain there's been lots of rain everywhere lots of floods in New South Wales I'm in the ACT so just sort of <clears throat> outside of that um, but still feeling the weather effects um, and it was it was just really interesting because the week before um, with all the rain and everything there was a lot of people sort of complaining when's it raining I hate this rain this weather's awful mm. it's a horrible day out there and and what have you but I personally was trying to look at it in the sense that it was you know a good opportunity to sort of cleanse out negative emotions which the rain is good for mm. um, so those feelings that we can suppress inside us sometimes they sort of the weather can affect energetically how we are and what's going on um, so at that time, today we've got an absolutely beautiful day. I'm so grateful, so grateful to have some sunshine. Um, um, but at the time it was a case of, um, I was actually letting go a lot of stuff that was suppressed as well. And having that cleansing rain come through that pure, fresh rain that, that nature is providing us, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Um, I've been doing lots of talking this morning. I got caught off on quite a few phone calls. Yeah. Um, so um, my throat, I just a little bit, bit raspy. It's a bit raspy at the moment. Ooh, um, um, do you have water, hun, or do you need to grab water? No, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, so just sort of cleansing out those using the rain to help set intentions to clear out anything that no longer serves my greatest good or higher purpose and um, just to clear out those emotions that are blocked inside of me. It's a good way to set those intentions because it's very powerful um, like process to do, set intentions and, and let it go, let it all be sent back to the, cause the earth, the, the rain comes down into the earth, it, you know, gives everything new meaning new life helps things grow um it can be destructive like our emotions can at times so just sort of sitting there with the weather and feeling what it means to you and what it is you need to let go of is is a huge a huge thing mm. um, obviously we don't put our cards out in the rain to cleanse no. the energy of them but we do use the sunshine for that and the same again with the sunshine you can use that the power of that to set intentions and bring some warmth back into your life as well yeah that's really true very very true and um I said have just sort of been through something a little bit similar um before you jumped in Beck and it was just about you know during winter it is a lot harder for me I find to um warm up and when you're trying to do healings and touch people you know when you're putting your hands on people you don't want to have cold hands and do that and um during winter it's hard you know to try and warm your hands up and Get the energy flowing and I do find that I probably need to sleep a little bit more and it's harder to get up you know very early in the morning you know and we did that when we did the kundalini yoga um trying to get up early in the morning uh when it was freezing because we started doing it doing it during winter but um you know I did find the excitement and the buzz of you know doing kundalini far outweigh the uh temperature you know the low temperature Yes. Um, <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> just talking about the rain and everything, and I actually, it's funny because I was a journalist for a really long time, and I think a lot of my journal friends forget that I'm not a journalist anymore. And this was a really interesting sort of um, perspective. I was posting about um, the rain at the front of my house, and I don't really follow the news as much anymore because um, I'm not a journalist and it's very heavy. So I can't say that I was really paying a lot of attention to what was happening in other states, but I was aware that there was flooding in Lismore because I've got some clients down there and they had wanted readings. But, um, you know, that was pretty much the extent of it. And then I was posting about how awesome the rain was out the front of my house. I put up a video and filmed it from the front of my house and it was kind of blowing sideways and was, um, you know, quite heavy. But we certainly didn't have any flooding or anything here. And I just put up a post along the lines of how awesome is Mother Nature, you know, washing everything clean and um, taking away all the, you know, old emotions and the fear and, you know, all of that sort of stuff because this is all sort of post-COVID. Um, and um, one of my journalist friends um, from radio back in the day actually messaged me uh, publicly, like commented on the post, and basically had a massive go at me. And was like, you know, basically saying I was super insensitive because, um, you know, of all the uh, flooding and all the, you know, serious sort of stuff that was happening due to the rain. And I was like, okay. And I just responded. I didn't want to engage or make it any worse. And so I just replied and said, yeah, point taken. Thank you. Um, but inwardly, I was just kind of going, what are you talking about? Like, you know, my feeling is the rain had to happen. My feeling was there was so much of a buildup of, 
strong emotions and fear and all this stuff. And I feel like I really triggered that person in particular Um, because I'd been down there watching the scarping at the beaches and all the erosion and, you know, um, we've had a lot of like huge waves coming in and the tides rising and sort of, you know, king tides are sort of, you know, creeping closer and closer to houses and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, people are just getting really, really triggered. And I was literally commenting on what was happening, like, in my front yard. Um, You know what I mean? And I'm not a journalist anymore. So I wasn't really commenting about, I wasn't saying, oh, I'm so happy that people are getting their houses flooded and washing away. Like, mm. So I just kind of found that a little bit interesting. Um, But I, as I said, just tried to sort of pacify a little bit. Um. But, yeah, as I was sort of alluding to, I guess, with Kundalini, if you've got a good incentive to get up, great. Um, You know, I do tend to find it a bit hard to get up and do yoga outdoors on a Friday at 6 here in Queensland. Um, But certainly the Kundalini Beck and I were doing was in our house, and that was a big incentive for me to do it because it was literally um, I was doing it in the bedroom, so I didn't, um, you know, make too much noise. So uh, it is hard to, um, you know, get up more so, I guess, during winter and go outdoors. Um, and I do find I ground myself in summer heaps more. It may sound really obvious, but I notice while I'm teaching Reiki um, in winter, you know, or when it's raining, people really don't want to take their shoes off and go outdoors and ground. And when you're doing any kind of Reiki, doing a lot of attunements, um, people really do need to ground. It's really important because otherwise you end up with headaches and migraines um, and get congestion and things like that. So, or people might just be off with the fairies or have trouble adjusting. I have some people just all of a sudden don't want to be here, need to go, you know, get really triggered. Yeah. So as it gets warmer, I mean, we're spring heading into um, summer, uh, then I feel like that will be a lot easier. But I have found a lot more people have been challenged, very challenged over winter and really struggled um, to go through my Reiki course. So it's just interesting that even affects Reiki, you know, the seasons and things like that as well. Um, I'm doing Reiki sharding. That's in the hinterland. I'm actually heading back out there tomorrow for the whole weekend. And, um, you know, so it's really lovely after the achievements, we all get to wander the property. There's lots of bird life and animals and black cockatoos and things like that flying overhead. Um, so yeah, really, really good, um, opportunity to do some grounding out there on that property. Super important, and that's a super big thing um, for me this week too. Is the grounding, making sure that I'm keeping my energies centered <clears throat> and doing what I need to do just to look after myself. And that's the best thing you could do for yourself is just to to ground yourself. Just with that, also Michelle, um, with the winter and and things going on there, daylight savings is a huge impact on people. It is. Yeah. Um, it really, really is. And I find that um, I really enjoy daylight savings. I love the extra, especially living here in Canberra. I love that extra bit of sunshine and sunlight. And and it's it's almost like as it's approaching, I get so excited because it's just it's so it, it just makes me so happy to to have that extra hour you know hour or hour and a bit of sunlight each day to get stuff done and it's just instead of waking up at, and it's dark you know a lot of people wake up they go to work it's dark they come home they leave work it's dark and it really is um you know it has a major effect on people's mental health and um the timing with that extra bit of 
sunlight, it gives you that illusion of you've got extra time to get stuff done. Um, and even if that is being able to go out and walk the dogs that little bit later just to fit that in or take that extra time. So, yeah, big, big thing. Um, absolutely love. Although, you know, it changes our rosters a bit, Michelle, because you're in Queensland. Between you don't you have and I, yeah. yeah. And, and then on, um, the Facebook Lives <laughs> that I do as well. So what- the Facebook Lives, yes. And um, having family in Western Australia too, there's, you know, you have to account for that different sort of time period. Um, yeah, it's three hours, I think. Or we're three it, hours or you're three hours or something. three hours from Canberra, so the time difference three hours behind us. Mm. Um, but that makes a big difference too um, as to when you can catch up with them, um, especially when it's kind of like midnight here. Yeah. And it's only nine o'clock there and they're like, oh, I'll just give Beck a call. I haven't yeah. spoken to her for a little bit. I'll, I'll give my sister a call. Yeah. It's like midnight. I'm like, yeah, I'm not taking that call now. No. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah. You do forget though. You definitely do forget you do. when you're over you there. Do. Yeah. I do that a lot with Sydney because um, I'm messaging people at my time. It's eight o'clock and it's their nine o'clock or my nine and their 10. And I'm like, oh, shivers when I realise that, yeah, the time difference as well. So even an hour makes a difference, not even um, the three or two. Um, even an hour can make a difference as well at what time you're up messaging people. Um, but basically, I guess what I was going to say here, Beck, was just a little bit of recommendations um, and inspiration um, for our listener at home. Um, I guess my biggest thing is, you know, try and spend more time outdoors, um, you know, practice breath work, um, really good to do that outdoors. If I am doing breath work, I tend to do it outdoors because you're exhaling whatever you don't want to hold on to. So uh, best not to do that indoors with windows closed, um, you know, standing on the ground with no shoes on it is getting a bit warmer now. Uh, visualizing the tree roots, you know, coming out of your feet, um, heading down into Mother Earth and then breathing that energy back up into, you know, your body. And filling yourself with that energy. And so I had to do a lot of that, I guess, during winter more so, um, you know, to picture it. I mean, you don't have to physically be out there on the grass, um, but just visualizing it. You know, I can be lying on my bed doing self-healing and picturing my feet on, in the dirt, you know, with the tree roots going down and connecting and all of that. So if you've got a good imagination, um, see, feel, imagine, you know, that happening. You don't physically have to go out there and take your socks off. Um, but if you like me doing readings from home, for example, make sure you get the temperature in the room, right. You know, during the warmer months, we've had some really up and down weather here. So we had, um, you know, a lot of rain where it's a lot cooler and it's cooler at the moment. It's got a cardigan on. And then we went to extreme heat and like humidity and I couldn't get my incense to light. I couldn't get the matches to light. Like it was just really extreme humidity. And I was sitting here and the sun started coming in the window one afternoon when I was reading for a lady, it was sort of an okay temperature when we started. But then the sun coming coming in the window and we're both sweating. And eventually I didn't want to break the connection, but I was like, eventually I was like, I just have to change the temperature. I've got to open the window, put the aircon on, shut the blind. I just had to get it all organized because when you're doing this sort of stuff, if your temperature is, you know, extreme, you know, really cold or really hot, um, it's really difficult to read for people. So I also, I guess, try to avoid, you know, acai um, bowls and things like that as well. Uh, if I'm going to go in to do a reading and it's, you know, winter or colder, because I feel like it just takes all the warmth out of my body um, in putting that into my body. And then, uh, you know, having warm tea or a chai or something like that obviously brings your temperature back up. So I do in winter try to have a warm drink, you know, before I start and I have it sitting on the table so I can sort of sip it as I go along um, just to try to keep my body a little bit um, uh, temperature, a little bit more consistent. 
Um, so those extreme temperatures really aren't great, you know, for us doing readings um, because it does take the focus away from whatever's going on. Because if I'm sweating and really hot or I've got a really bad headache or whatever, um, I can't tell what people are coming in with. I can't tell what, you know, physical symptoms they had when I'm, say, people I mean passed over loved ones. Um, it's very distracting. So um, when I actually stood up and did all of that the other day, the lady actually said thank you because <laughs> she was sweating her ass off as well. And she was like, oh, I'm really glad you did that. Um, so, you know, I do actually try to, um, I guess, tune into my client, but it is a bit of a pain in the bottom when you've got to get up and sort of muck around um, with the windows and the aircon and stuff like that. But um, try and get it right, I guess, at the beginning. And then you don't have to worry about doing all of that stuff during. It's um, interesting that you brought that up, Michelle, because mm -hmm. the core temperature, like obviously when, when our physical bodies are unwell or there's some sort of sign of infection or illness or what have you, um, our temperature fluctuates to to let us know that and mm. you can you can get like extremely high temperatures or your temperatures can drop um, significantly so it's it is really important to pay attention to that I know that um, you know in the past I've had to have surgeries and um, at one point because of the surgeries they thought I had an allergy to the anesthesia mm. that they use because of the way my body reacted you were shaking or something Oh, I had um, I had a major, <laughs> really big event um, one time where they actually had to stop the surgery, um, and and I was sort of like I I, um, I was awake for the surgery. I was under anaesthetic, but I I was awake for the surgery, and they um, sort of the, the surgeon had to stand back with her hands and and put her hands up and say you need to stop her from shaking. I was shaking something profusely wow. um, and the anesthesia said I've given her everything I can give her um, we just have to let this ride out now and I'm like I was sick I was nauseous I was shaking I was disorientated had all this wow. stuff going on um, so of course next time I went in I had to go in and have a surgery and it was it was an important surgery um, I spoke to the anesthesiast about it it was a different anesthesiast and he, he knew exactly what was going on like he goes, I know exactly what's going on. He said, because I have experienced this myself. And it was my core temperature. Oh, so you just needed more blankets. I just needed more heat. I needed more heat. They needed to keep my core temperature up. Wow. Instead of pumping me with all this stuff, which wasn't helping anyway, um, they just needed to keep my core temperature. So they had me lying on a heated blanket, like a, like a, it was like a shiny, pretty one mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what those ones are like a thermal blanket yeah um and that was a major thing so your core temperature really can affect different things that happen um okay. and, and like you were saying keeping warm or, or keeping cooler making sure that your core temperature that you pay attention to that because that is just giving you so many signs of of what you need to do and where you need to be so very cool that you brought that up, Michelle. Yeah, listen to the body. Listen to listen the body. To the body. Yeah. Which is, I've also got the cards here. Oh, yes. What's the card? So I've got two cards. So I picked up one deck when you said you're, you're doing the card draw today. And I went, oh, okay. And then this kingfisher fell out, um, which is about being patient and focused. And I'll show you that card there. I've put them up on the thing. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love the color. 
Isn't he beautiful? But this kingfisher is, he's got the stars around him and there's like a, a green healing orb, spirit orb around him. And he's looking into a pond with a, um, a koi or a goldfish. Um, so we've got the water element there <clears throat> with this kingfisher. But this is, this card is actually, Michelle, the message for this card is, um, the universe opening, uh, offering us opportunities to stay positive and grounded um, and letting in the good that's coming our way. So it's about mm-hmm. setting your visions, your positivity, and, um, and ask that it, your visions come to you in a way that brings a positive outcome for everyone, which is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful card. Yeah. So the kingfishers... Um, they open, open doors of opportunity in the universe. Um, this bird in particular and this card and the message of the cards itself is that it's demonstrating the importance of maintaining clear and positive thoughts and being ready for any break or chance that comes your way. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Um, they're very much the hunter. The king very, is the hunter. Yeah. Yeah, very much. And they just sort of sit back patiently and and, um, and that's what it says, be patient and focused. So um, the other card that I have is from the Susie Cherub Water Temple Oracle, um, which is her new card deck that's come out. And the Tibetan monk, Tibetan Buddhist monk, and it's a mindfulness card saying, I listen to the wisdom of my heart. Um, so the message in this card is listening, paying attention to your thoughts, but not following them blindly. So, um, again, with the weather patterns, um, thoughts change continuously. So don't jump at the first thought that comes to your mind. Pay attention to it and, and sort of sit with that and um, just have some mindfulness around those thoughts that you're feeling. Um, so thoughts are fleeting, things of the moment, and they continually move, move and change just like the weather does. And you can see in this card that we've got the sunshine there, we've got the snow-capped hills, we've got a bit of a snowstorm there and a little bit of rain. So lots of different weather patterns going on in this card as well, which is um, pretty cool. Mm. Lots of clouds. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it's it's not about control, but deepening your processes and understanding yourself and how you're feeling at different times and your thought processes. So really cool card. Very, very appropriate. I actually um, wanted to, I was going to put a post about this, um, which I probably will, but um, reach out to people as well. When you feel like um, they don't have, um, you know, much uh, like to look forward to at the moment or if they're going through grief or loss or something like that, I actually messaged one of my clients um, that I haven't spoken to for a little while last night and um, she was going through a real kind of dark night of the soul and um, really struggling and just as I messaged her she'd actually um, been praying for help and then I messaged her and so she was really surprised but I mean your prayers get answered you know and she just didn't know what to do she's feeling really ungrounded and um, so I just sort of talked her through the process um, you know which was going outdoors getting fresh air, you know, in winter, probably not so fun. Um, but certainly the season at the moment, it's not too bad to go outside. I've been walking the dog at night. 
Uh-huh. So I just uh, recommended that she go outdoors and just get some fresh air and do some breath work and stuff like that. And um, she messaged later just saying she was doing a lot better. So, you know, if you do feel sort of inclined to message someone, um, then I feel like that's probably a uh, really good thing to do, you know, if it strikes you to do that. And um, a lot of the time it is just I would give people advice around grounding, you know, most of the time when you're feeling that way because she was feeling very, very disconnected. Becky wanted to say something? I do. I've got um, also just about, you know, it, it's good to physically ground yourselves, but you can also um, just some winter tips for people out there as well um, and, and summer tips, but, but for winter, especially when it is a bit harder to open up the windows and let the fresh air in the house or um, <clears throat> to get outdoors with, with different weather patterns and things like that, um, it is, there are a lot of feng shui um, practices you can put and simple practices you can put in place just with colours to help lift your spirits and, and um, ground the energy in your house in the, in the wintertime and summer as well, but specifically winter because that's when, you know, everyone sort of goes into a bit of a funk yeah. um, itself. So there are lots of different things you can do there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which is interesting because Feng Shui has been coming up a lot for me this week. Um, I'm seeing lots of different things there and I'm about to move house. So I've got energy everywhere at the moment. I've got boxes um, and, you know, some of these Feng Shui tips I'll, I'll be using, um, you know, in, in the new house to help with the energy and the adjustment and, and what have you, which is going to be amazing. Mm. And I'm just sitting here looking at your beautiful yellow nails and I was talking about colour therapy. Your nails look amazing, Michelle. Oh, thank you. Um, but that's that's also the thing there. Like mm. the yellow is the warmth and mm-hmm. it's the solar plexus and you can use colours to, you don't have to change all your decor and paint the house. You can put a few cushions or pictures mm. or do some artwork yourself. Yeah. Um, just find a colour that you feel drawn to and, and work with that. Um, beautiful yeah, little I put up a photo of those sunflowers. I don't know if you saw on my page this morning. Um, Mum and Dad bought me sunflowers. And, um, yeah, I'm still waiting for mine to flower, my little baby ones. But, um, yeah, these other ones are really gorgeous, um, beautiful, bright, big sunflowers. And you can't be unhappy every time you walk past and look at them. Um, they really lift your spirits. Um, so, Beck, next episode, that was uh, great. And, and um, thank you for sort of joining us. I know I jumped in a bit early, but um, I'm just having a look at, like, clients and things. So I was, like, a bit nervous. But um, I'm glad we got a little bit um, together. Um, next time we're going to be actually – now, this is something that we haven't done before, so this is actually pretty exciting. Um, the next time we're going to be reviewing our favourite Oracle card decks um, – and hopefully that's okay for you or if you got yours sort of packed away or if you sort of been able to do a little bit online. I guess you I still have a of yours and you can sort of Google. I've kept I've kept some out. I was mindful of this this um episode and I had to I had to pack up my office and my cards. Yes. And while I've packed my cards, I still have the box open, but I do oh, have um, quite a few decks that I've pulled out yes. um, that I can still use because I I use my cards every day. Yeah, I was thinking you wouldn't be able to pack them all the way. I couldn't do that. I've always got to have yeah. a little, um, a few in my handbag. Um, um, so we're going to be reviewing our favourite Oracle card decks. And so this is really going to be, I guess, just our, you know, opinions, our feelings about them. It's not like official, you know, reviews or anything like that. But um, I just thought how much fun, because, I mean, we do use them a lot. 
And why not? You know, why not give, because um, a lot of people do ask me, oh, you've got this new deck, what do you think of it? And um, things like that. And I was actually thinking about maybe on uh, the Living Enlightened um, page, Beck and I can do some maybe Facebook Lives and uh, actually talk about some of the decks. Because, I mean, I just got like four new decks and two of them are like affirmation decks um, and the Modern Oracle and the Water Oracle, Water Temple Oracle, which your client sent to me. So I do actually get sent a fair, a fair few decks and, um, yeah, I haven't really done reviews before. So that might be something that we can do on the Living Enlightened podcast uh, website or page on uh, Facey. I am so excited to do that. That is brilliant. Okay. But it will be have to be after after we move. Because oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm Absolutely. not going <laughs> to be able to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, being great and uh, we'll chat again next week and uh, we're going to be bringing our Oracle card decks along. I can't wait for that. It's going to be fabulous. we we'll to do some reviews. Yes, and lots of love to everyone out there. Yes. Amazing. Thanks, Dad. Bye. Bye.